podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to the Forever Arsenal podcast. We're all back in the building. It's a Sunday night, the day after, or the night after, an Arsenal win. Uh, 4-0 against Bournemouth. And me, Jordan, Lee and James are back to discuss it yet again and give a little preview for the Lons away fixture as well, our second Champions League tie in the group stages. But yeah... 4-0, convincing win. Probably the most convincing win of the season, especially well in the Premier League, for sure. Absolutely. You were there, Lee? Yes. Fantastic. Oh. Do you know what I'm going to say? If you've never been to uh, Bournemouth before... You, got to did you start Bournemouth. the Kai Havertz chant? No. I don't really understand. Someone had to Sorry. explain it. You know, I mean, I had a few beers, I must admit, but someone had to explain. It's not that good. It's not that good. I think it's disrespectful, isn't it? Uh, But I I, I didn't get it at first. You know what I mean? 60 million down the drain. Carl Everett scores again. It's tongue in cheek, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I get get when someone explained me, but I thought it was a little bit. I like it. I I like the energy that it gave. The actual fans singing it, because we was opposite to where they were, uh, away fans, because normally you're in on it, and. it, it, it's, it was it was a privilege to watch the Arsenal fans at times. You know the, the, the energy that they bring with the songs and and their support is fantastic. So um, no, I didn't I didn't make that one up. Um, I'll start it off like you know. So uh, you know whoever did quality to them like you know. But listen, if you ever get to go ever get an experience to go to to um, Bournemouth, I can only explain it. It's watching a professional football game. At a stadium where you're so close to seeing it, you just see it so differently. You're up close and personal to the players and all that, like you know, it's a wonderful experience. And wasn't, um, wasn't you the hospitality? Wasn't you the, I, the VIP? I was in hospitality, yes, uh, oh, John. They're very close to the pitch, then, yeah, yeah, very like actually a lad on the pitch at, at the beginning. Can you believe that? Like, well, huh? so, so to rephrase, if you ever get the opportunity to be VIP pitch side, <laughs> sat next to the coach. And in the in the in the players in the players uh, changing room, you get quite an experience. <laughs> it is, and it is. It's, it's, I tell you what, like Bournemouth. Can I just please explain? I'll explain it like what what it's like with Bournemouth hospitality. The people that we're going to give them a big up uh, B and H air conditioning, like because they sponsored the game, so they was the, the the main sponsors of the game, like you know. So what you do is you go down on pitch side because you're the main sponsor. And you get to meet a player before the game. So uh, I met Alex Scott, you know, not not the, the lady Alex Scott, the Alex Scott signed from Bristol City for 25 million. So, and you're on the pitch, you know, I mean, my actual, t- my, my shoes, I haven't cleaned in my shoes. They're a Premier League, I've got Premier League mud on them, like, you know what I mean, like, you know. So you now, get to do all of that. I was I joking. Know. I was joking when I said, no, no, that. this so, is. So this you actually, actually so tried to tell the- us that if we ever get the chance. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, well, like, this is, I was lucky, I'm very, very fortunate, as I say, thanks to B&H uh, air conditioning. Do How <laughs> many more plugs? It's got more plugs than No the more sink. plugs, all right. Like, no, they do air conditioning, not plugs, nothing to do with electric, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's air conditioning. So, anyway, yeah, so you oh, get to meet the player, 
Then you go up into the um, back into the restaurant. Then Dan Gosling, who's the next player, comes up and everything like that. And he has a chat and talks about things. And the, the unbelievable thing at the end of the game, um, the guys on our table choose the man of the match. And the man of the match comes up and does a presentation and all that, like 10 minutes after the game, you know, so he's lost 4-0, he's gutted. And he's there talking away and everything like that. It's an unbelievable experience because it's not as a, as a bigger club as Arsenal, of course, like, but it's got this family club atmosphere to it, like, you know. And um, so when Aaron Ramsdale was here, he would, he would have to be doing these duties if he got man in the match and things like that, like, you know what I mean? It was, it was an incredible experience. And, um, you know, then you go and sit and watch the game and, and watch Arsenal win 4-0 uh, was, was fantastic as well. Like, but, yeah, fantastic experience. I'll tell and, you... Um, um... I'll tell you what you should all do, you know. That sounds good. But if you, I mean, if you get the chance, right? If you, mm. I mean, you should, I mean, honestly, you should all do this. Dinner at the White House. It's just, well, right, it's just... <laughs> we would have got that. It would have got there if we would have said we was down there, like, you know what I mean? You go and have a great thing. You go in with the players. You know what I mean? Like, the, play, the players go in and they go left and you go upstairs. So you can walk in with the players. You know what I mean? Like, I was mixing with all the players. It was I mean, with, 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 with all respect, it's, it's Bournemouth. You're not mixing with Maldini and bloody no, R9. No, no. And, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. It's just, yeah, a, you know what I mean? Because like, you've had an interview with Simon Jordan. And this, you know I'm what I mean? Like, like, you have to give me things, you know what I mean? Like, you know? There's me giving you compliments about that. I'm just saying, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Ah, but great experience, great experience. And, right. uh, big up, big, big up, big up, big up, HMB. Big up, HMB. Yeah. HMB, but B and H, you have to Be score sorry, everything. Sorry, sorry, B and Enough about you, Lee. What about the game? I thought it was a great game, guy. I thought that's the best we played. I really do think that. I think that um, I'm going to say uh, now. That was Kai Havertz's best game. Forget about the penalty. I thought he played really, really well. Um, uh, Eddie as well. I thought Eddie really justified his position in, up front in that game. As I said last week, um, I think away from home suits him. I thought he played really, really well. Declan Rice was magnificent. I, I have to say that. I have to say, like, watching Declan Rice, I felt that he was in third gear and just absolutely yeah. dominating the game of football. It was good to see him there. Like the only disappointment was Saka getting injured again. He does take some stick, Saka. I have to say that. Like you know, Trossard was on the bench, didn't come on, so like, he, he's near. So um, yeah, I thought all around, you know. And to, to be honest, you know, we never looked in danger. Every time that they did look like they was coming forward, Gabriel and Saliba just snuffed them out. Uh, I thought them two would, you know, were brilliant without physically being pushed. If you know what I mean, like you know, just covering the ground, reading the, the situations. I have to say, I thought it was a really, really good performance. I have to say that. David Raya, nothing to do. What he did, he done really, really well. We looked comfortable. I, I, one thing I did notice with him, I don't know if it was because it was different teams or whatever, every time he got the ball, they never pressed him. I don't know if it was because they, they feared that if he we did press him, that he could we could work it round or whatever. I don't know. Like, like you know, whether it was uh, one of their game plans not to go and press the goalkeeper. But I thought it was a a really, really good performance on the back of the game against Brentford. And listen, guys, you know what I mean? Let's be really honest about it. When I got the news from Wolverhampton, what, what had happened, like, you know, that is an extra bonus for, it, for that game because I never thought that we'd be going into next week's game one point 
behind them. So really, apart from what the the, the joke at White Hart Lane or the Tottenham Stadium, as they call it now, like, you know, it would have been the perfect weekend for us, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you can see, even in that result, you can still find the positive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. You Good know, point. We'll, we'll talk about that in a sec because there was, yes, controversial things to say the least. Um, mm. But yeah, for, for, I mean, obviously, Jordan, I don't think it was, it wasn't televised anywhere, was the was it? I don't think it was not in the UK. No, no, three o'clock kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah, from the from what you've seen of the game, well, you watch match of the day, guys. I did actually, I did, but first time in a long time. Um, yeah, as as Lee says, comfortable. If I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, sorry, James may know this. Our last two visits to Bournemouth have been comfortable. Yeah, the last two seasons, what were they down the year before? Three 0 yeah, that's the first season last, back. Yeah. Well, the, the last two times we've been to Bournemouth, it's been really comfortable. We seem to like it there. And they seem to just play into our hands and never learn their lessons. But um, yeah, re- re- really cool. Um, good performance. Um, no dirty sheets. I'm for that. Love that. It's, it's, it's fascinating how away from home, <clears throat> we're so comfortable. We're so assured. We're so defensively solid. I love it. I love it. Um, so to get a clean sheet, get four goals on the, on the board um, is a massive plus. I don't think Saka was fully fit going into the game we discussed in the last pod, but I'm glad that he played. You could argue we could have won that game without him, but I think, as Lee says, considering Man City dropped points and lost their game, it was essential we won that game. So I'm glad that even if Saka was only 80% fit, that he did play the game. Um, I think he came off um, in the second half, didn't he, from from, from vague memory. Yeah, he took a knock. Um, he took a knock, yeah. But um, I'm, I'm wondering if Arteta is playing Saka at times not fully fit because he's trying to harden him up. He made some comments about a year or two ago about Saka needing to learn how to be an elite player. And I think he compared him to the Ronaldo's and the Messi's who play a hundred plus games or whatever as a season. He was saying something about if Saka wants to be in that bracket, he's got to play every game. He's got to play through the knocks. He's got to play when he's being kicked. And I just wonder if he's doing this, kind of trying to prove a point that actually I'm trying to make you that guy that um, is hardened to, to to all the possible knocks and kicks that he gets. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that he played because um, he was definitely he was definitely effective in that match. Eddie Nketiah played really well, I thought. Again, industrious, won the penalty. Um Big up, big up, Eddie, for that as well. I just want to say though, I'm I'm not liking this rotation penalty thing. I'm I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not a fan of the rotation. I just don't. A, I'm not a big fan of it, and B, I didn't like that they gave it to Kai Havertz. I'm, I'm a bit conflicted with the Kai Havertz one. I know it was nice for him to get a goal. I know his record from the penalty spot is very very strong, but at that point it was only two nil. And I think to Turkish's rant last week about being ruthless and being a club that doesn't doesn't put you know pussyfoot around and isn't kind, I just think to myself at two nil away from home we were in full control, but one goal from Bournemouth at two nil if we miss a penalty and it's game on, and I just would have preferred to score the third we'd be scored the penalty in the end no problem, but I just think in that scenario think let Saka take it score the third and then you can fanny around. <laughs> Then give Kai Havertz penalty. Then give. Do you know what I mean? Win the game first, secure the three points, and then be nice. I would. So, I would normally agree, Jordan. Sorry to cut you. I would normally on, agree. On. Only the reason I had no problem with this is because Havertz is actually a very good penalty taker. 
He is, um, he is. And I think the only reason he's not taking them for us is because Saka has proven to be a reliable-ish you know, first choice, and Erdegaard has bagged one as well. So it kind of puts him down the pecking order. But I believe we, we had um, on the watch along, we had Frank. I think the stat was, Turkish remember better, but is it something like 16 and 17 he scored and the only one he missed was in an international friendly? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, but he's still third choice and at 2-0 why would you risk records oh, wow. wow bloody hell. I don't know what's going on sorry 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 now the internet uh, thing I saw it uh, mine's been doing thing anyway so, I was um, going to say why, why would you risk albeit with a very good record your third choice taker not just give it to your best taker and secure the points he might be our it. best taker you know like he, I, I'm just, I'm he just playing be. devil's advocate a little yeah, no, bit. No, I know, I know. But he might be, but I think in that scenario, according to ranking, he's not ahead of Odegaard and Saka. So hey. I, I didn't, I, I was a bit, I, I got the benefits of letting him score a goal. I understand that. But I just thought at that point, secure the points, I beg. Secure the points first, and then we can be nicey, nicey and share it around. Anyway, that was my thoughts. Yeah, fair. We watched it together, but yeah, you, you, you said Havertz. Maybe more tongue in cheek when the penny was given, and then yeah, eventually he took it. But how do you feel about? Listen, I, you know what? I'll give my opinion first because in that rant you talked about Jordan, I think I mentioned a lot of performative actions that I've seen, you know, in recent Arsenal history, and I do feel there's a bit of that in this. Albeit, I understand that it can be a confidence boost, and I do hope it's a confidence boost. But I just worry that with Havertz, it hasn't been a case of he's in the right places and he's been unlucky and he's been on the end of things and the keepers have made great saves or he's hit the cross. I don't know if a goal can turn around his the form that we've seen. So, But, but that's another story. Post-game, you know, obviously a lot's been made about the Havertz thing and, you know, it's been glorified and it's been focused on a lot. And I think even Havertz, in, in his celebration, there was a bit of a... Even with the fist pump, it, was, it wasn't really a, like he really went for it. It was. Like, I agree. Was I agree. One. It was a reserve celebration where maybe even he knew. I'm getting this because I've been. I've I'm been glad. It's, it's I'm like glad his sense. celebration. I'm glad his celebration was quite awkward yeah, and yeah, muted yeah. and whatever because there was a real kind of. Um, Self awareness about the celebration. Maybe yeah. I'm reading too much into it. it. No, you're right. You're right. I like that. I would have been the first to flip if he went, yeah, knee slide and, you know, put his arms out and pointed at his shirt. I would have been, hey, listen, this guy's lost the plot. So I, I will I, say, will, I will say, though, surely that's a big confidence <laughs> boost. Surely that's a big confidence boost to him because, one, you've got the players backing you. The managers obviously backing you. And also the fans. I thought the fans were fantastic towards him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, they've, not, they've not turned on him. They've really backed him and all that like. So he's got everything in his favour where maybe at Chelsea it wasn't so much like that. But at Arsenal, he's got, you know, they sung that song for for ages and and they didn't stop singing it until, we, until the, all the players had left the pitch. You know what I mean? That must do, you must be thinking like, well, I've, the fans have got me. They've got my back here. I know I'm not really producing my best at the moment, but what a platform for him now to go on and show his, show his stuff because... You've got like a magnificent fan base backing you. The manager's backing you no two ways about it. And 
whether you look at it like, you know, it was a fantastic thing. Alan Shearer, as you know, said on Match of the Day yesterday, there's no way he would have given it to anybody. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's that ruthless. But somebody give up a chance for a Premier League goal for that, for that player. So it's, it's a big, I think, a big statement in some ways that yesterday. And I don't know if you noticed it, but he, he grew in confidence after that as well with the way he played. Yeah, right Jesus, game. Was it Jesus that wanted it? And I think Odegaard talked to him. Or I don't yeah, really know what happened. I don't really know how it come about. I don't I want know. to see that again. I don't want to see that again. I mean, he's, you've, you've been nice on this occasion. <laughs> yeah, that's one no, but, time. Yeah, but but being but but in all seriousness, I just think, like I said, I get the 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 the, the level of trying to have a get well, a teammate some confidence. Well, yeah, but also, if I'm Sakura Odegaard, I want to, as a fan, see my players be a bit ruthless. No, no, no. I want to get 20 goals this season. I want to be yeah, the guy that's that what I'm saying. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? What I'll say is I'm dreading Lons away when Saka goes down in the penalty area and they go, guys, Ramsdale needs a goal. <laughs> you know, he really needs this. <laughs> he, he could really be yeah, Up he steps. <laughs> No, yeah. no one in the, oh, we're one nil down. Do you remember Arsenal done this? We've. Do you remember they done a thing where if someone got fouled, they wouldn't have the penalty? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That was ridiculous, wasn't it? Like, I, I, I hear what Jordan's saying. I think maybe we've got to be a little bit more ruthless. But uh, even with that, even without the Havertz thing, th- th- there's been rotation on penalties anyway. So, what, what, like do you, what do you think it's about though? Two for Saka, two for Odegaard. Someone said both Saka was home penalties and both uh, Odegaard uh, away, but I haven't fact checked that. I, I heard I heard a theory that someone said that just by mixing up your takers, you just keep the opposition on their toes and the goal, the goalkeeper on their toes. So what the goalkeeper can because they gave, they plan and prepare for takers, don't they? They, they do that meticulously now. Yeah. So if the goalkeeper doesn't know, is it is it Havertz? Is it Saka? Or is it Odegaard? You kind of keep them guessing a little bit. And also, what I noticed happened as well was with the Odegaard penalty. I think it was Saka took the ball. Mm. He took the ball, or I mean, the other way around. And, yeah, Saka took the yeah, ball. Saka had the ball. Yeah. He had the ball, and then what was happening then is a theory I heard was was that what happens is the opposition do the whole fanning around, trying to stretch you, get into your head, and then Saka's taken all of that. When they, when they've all cleared, in you go to God. So he's not involved in the distraction because they think it's Saka taking it. So it's just a theory, but that might be the reason why it's more than a theory. It, it it's absolutely spot on. I was the, the Fulham game was yeah. the same. We won a penalty. Vieira goes down. Erdogan's holding the ball. He's just bagged one against Palace six days earlier. He's, you know, looking like he's going to take it, overcomes Saka and buries it. And and I, I personally love it because why should one person be solely responsible? Because you say, well, you should give it to your best taker. How do you know your best taker is? Really? Unless you, you put them down and you say, here, hit a thousand penalties each and let's see who gets the most. Then you might gain some sort of idea for who's slightly more. I, re- I reckon you do that. In training, they must they must do that in training. They must but, uh, have I just think the margins on. will be small. These are professional footballers are all immense at striking a dead ball. And the margins will be so small between Erdegaard, Saka, Havertz, Jesus, whoever. And I honestly think they'll just be mixing it up because of everything you just said, which is if you're the goalkeeper, we face Man City, Edison, he's got to do his penalty prep. He's not just reading everything for Bakaya Saka and then maybe a second. He's probably reading for three, four players now because... You know, and that that only confuses things. I, I've got no problem with it. I think it's quite clever. And, and also, if you're not having a great day, you know, it can always yeah. go against you, can't it? Like, you know, what I mean, if things are not quite there, like, you know, they can um, turn it the other way. Someone's having a, having a blinding game. 
Can on um on Kai Havertz anyway, who who buried the penalty. Um, it, yeah, interesting on people's thoughts in his performance because I keep saying that if he if he were a different player, I think we'd reflect differently on his performances. What I mean by that is he is getting stuck in defensively. He is working hard. Whatever whatever he is doing that I'm struggling to see. Like I don't think it's obvious. I think it's directly in my face. I I am seeing Arsenal look far more difficult to break down. And we can say what we want, but Kai Havertz is in the very middle of the team that is looking quite hard to score against and create chances against and break down. And okay, it was Vieira in the North London derby and it's been Vieira at Everton. So you put it down to structural and I think Declan Rice is a big part, the centre-backs being back together, Saliba and Gabriel are a big part of it. But, you know, he's winning headers, he's winning duels. Iriola, I got at it on uh, Twitter, I think you did too, Jordan, um, mm. about uh, basically a fan of the podcast was saying, you know, you should hear what the Bournemouth manager said about Arsenal defensively. And he listed our three midfielders and Havertz being one of them saying they just win so many duels. Like they they just dominate physically in, in midfield. That's why they're so hard to play against. And, you know, it sets a really good foundation. And we might not be as pretty, but if you're winning your battles in midfield and you're just basically allowing them nothing with every every second ball is yours, hell, every first ball is yours, whatever. And then you sort of gain territory. It's very difficult for any team think- to do anything. I think there's something in that, and I, I, I'm not sure if that's applicable to previous Havertz games. There was definitely applicable in this game. 100% that was true in this game. I'm not sure in previous games that's been... I've not, I I've think not it was stats, but... Palace and Forest, I think, yes, because all the numbers were coming about all the jewels. Okay. And then and then Fulham, United, eh. Less and then so. I think Bournemouth was sort of well, more... But more well, it, even if it is true, I'm sorry, I need more than that from Havertz. I need more than that. Even if he, even okay. if it's true that he's adding to the presence in midfield and the domination and the physical, even if that is all true, that's a plus. I, I need more than that from him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I still need more than that from I him. Do, I, I do hear that. I was, um, we did a. It feels like every episode I'm, I'm plugging tactical insight now. But you know what? Lee's done kind of damage to that brand that I have to. Um, I, I was. Um, okay. We did, we did it straight. <laughs> You've what you built it or you killed it? I've killed it. Uh, yeah, well, right. yeah, it could be one or the other, to be honest. Gra- Graham's um, emigrated to America on it, like I mean, <laughs> he left like. just to get away from me. <laughs> Don't blame him, I'm thinking the same. Um, what well, I looked at, um, the first 30 minutes of our three Premier League away games, and the opposition have completed two passes into our penalty area in the first 30 minutes of those games combined twice so imagine you're going away from home and you're you know the Bournemouth fans are up for it the Everton fans are up for it it's Arsenal they're in town let's stick it on them and then 30 minutes of the game go by and you go we haven't got the ball in their area (laughs) forget shots forget like asking a question we're nowhere near their goal and I think Arsenal away from home for whatever reason they do it so well away maybe at home there's a pressure to press and play and score goals or whatever but away from home there is something about our structure and our patience and our ability to retain possession and just play in the right areas that I think completely and utterly demoralizes teams. And I just think they, they just think, uh, because you know, the first five minutes of that game, Bournemouth are all over us. They they weren't Mm. creating other chances. Mm. We were in our half. We couldn't really get out. We were feeling our way into it, but we we still gave them nothing. And they, and they didn't get a single completed pass on our penalty area. I mean, that's really impressive. I'll be honest. I I sat there and watched, watched, um, Havertz a lot more in this game. Like, there was about, I'd say about 40% of that game I just focused on him. 
I just thought I'm just gonna because the game was sort of we was going well in it, and I just thought so he won a lot of tackles. He, he, he breaks up a lot of play which people don't see. Um, there are times when he's. I think he could inject a little bit more pace at times. He just slows things down, but he keeps the ball. He keeps retention of the ball. I, I, I felt that was his best game. Um, and sometimes you don't see that work. You, you, you just see another side of it, all that. Look, I get it, and I, I really do, that we want to see more. Uh, OK isn't good enough no more, and that, that, that's that's fair. OK is, you know, gets you in the top six or whatever to be really... To go go at it, you've got to be there. Um, listen, I don't think we should be going overboard about his performance. It, it was a, it, it was a good performance from him, like you know, like Declan Rice has played uh, eight games like that in, and, and and of a better standard, like you know. So yeah. I think what he produced yesterday is the minimum. He's got, that's what he's got. To, that's where the bar starts, and that's where he's got to push on from there on, like you know. Um, but. If that was his first game for Arsenal, we'd be going, "Oh, that was that was a good solid start." Now he's got to carry that on again, like you know. It's, and it'd be interesting to see where he where if he does play uh, on on Tuesday. Just on our away record, finally, guys. I think it's five games now, no goals conceded. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's it's and this is this isn't like a this season thing. Our away record last year, yeah, I think good. we had the second best away record in the league, maybe first. No, no, it's I think like, we had. The, I think uh, we had the best away record. Was it the best? When last season? Last, last season. Oh wait! Oh yeah, yeah, away record. Yeah, yeah, we did. It's it's just so puzzling how I feel more so... comfortable away from home. Didn't you guys yeah. watching it? I don't yeah. know why you're silly. Yeah. I feel very very relaxed when I'm watching games away from home. Even Brentford, like last 10, 15 minutes when they put it on a circus, you was there. I didn't think that we was going to crumble. Yeah. I, I, you know, Palace away, or even when we went down to men, you know, what I mean, we, we rode that out really, really well. There is a different, there is a, 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 a we definitely control a game a lot better away from home. Definitely, yeah, because at home, I don't know, Arteta called it emotional. I think it was prior to this game or, or after the game. He said we're more emotional at home. Right? We've got to fix that fast because that was one mm-hmm. of the things that let us down last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want it, we don't want the same, you know, thing letting, letting us down this season, but. On 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 Havertz, I, I think he had a, 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 a average game. Um, I think you know more than a five, six out of ten. I haven't seen that from him yet because I appreciate what he does off the ball, but like Jordan says, I need to see more because essentially he was brought in to be another older guard as well. He, you know, as much as his physical presence is there and he's tall and and he can win duels. He was brought in to assist Odegaard in that, you know, final third. Whether that's late runs into the box or, you know, dictating play at time two, I expect to see something like that from him on the ball. Off the ball, I've seen perks for sure. Off On the ball, yet to see. But like, like Lee said, maybe the penalty is the, is the goal he needed to, to kick on now. But... It's a big game to kick on to. Obviously, I'm not talking about Lonzo away. I'm talking about Man City next week. It'd be interesting mm. to see if he starts mm. that one. But we have got Lonzo away in between. So um, we'll talk about that. But I also said in my interview, and, and maybe this one will go more to James and Lee because you watched the full game and have different perspectives being there and, and on the watch along. I did still think there was a lack of fluidity. Now, in the comment section of my fan cam, a lot of people disagree with that. But I don't know. Am I mad in thinking that? No. I'm- we was better, but we still wasn't fluid enough for me to to be confident that we've turned the corner. 
James, you're not mad. You're not mad at all. You're not mm. mad at all. I tweeted out um, that you know with Eddie and Havertz, I feel our fluidity is really hampered. I wasn't happy with the eleven. We're not winning four 0 Therefore, Arteta clearly made me look stupid because he went and got that 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 big win and that big performance, four goals, clean sheet. However, I agree with you. We still didn't look really fluid. Like we would score with every attack. Like we were just bamboozling them every time we got in and around their penalty area. However, and here's my flip. I'm making my peace a lot more with that. I really am because, and this is uh, maybe a bit of copium. This is maybe like, you know, uh, mental gymnastics to tell myself everything's okay and all that. But it's kind of two routes. I could either worry about that and go, well, we were so fluid and brilliant, you know, in attacking last season and we didn't win the league. So how are we possibly going to win the league if we don't get to those levels again? But then the other side of me thinks, to be any more fluid and any more attacking and any more adventurous, we have to concede something the other way. And I love the way we're defending right now. Like, high up the pitch on the press, in the middle of the park winning duels, and then when we drop into a, a deep block, we've even had that test with 10 men against Crystal Palace who can make it physical for you. And we came through that, I thought, pretty comfortably as well. And again, you look at all the goals we're conceding, largely errors, largely mistakes and i don't mean someone said the other day in almost every golden there's a mistake somewhere i agree with that but we're talking very clear errors where someone has done something that nine times out of ten they wouldn't do and it has led to a goal and that's kind of been team's best route to golf you know it's been it's it's nottingham forest when 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 will we score actually from your corner when you actually do overcommit you know it's never in play it's never when Arsenal are in a decent shape which is most of the game and yeah we've um we've looked so good defensively that i'm coming to terms with us not being so, this relentless attacking outlet we were so do you think do you think it's by design then and, and yeah. that's, that's probably where i this where i maybe do i disagree I can't say I disagree because I understand it might be from design, but then he bought Havertz, who essentially was meant to be an upgrade on 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 Xhaka and the attacking third. But and maybe I- it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. So maybe he bought in Havertz. This he keeps talking about physicality, and we're just chatting about the dual element, the dual winning element that he brings. Maybe we've got it wrong. Maybe he brought Kai Havertz in to stiffen up that midfield uh, to concede less goals. I, but then in the in the post game presser that Arteta was in, he said something like that goal is what he needed or something like that, mm. which essentially means what we've seen from Havertz. He's basically by by by, by dropping him in after game week four, I think it was, and saying that that goal is what we need. That must mean Arteta's not seeing what what he wanted to see from Havertz. Otherwise, he would have he would have been praising more so than saying. That's what he needed to turn it around. Well, I, I think I think it's a mentality shift more than it is a. a, a okay, how do I explain this? So, I think the players were going out of their last season. Let's blow them away in the first twenty minutes. Let's scintillating stuff, all action. You know, give it to Saka, give it to Martinelli, run, run, run at them. I think this season there's been a mentality shift of the goals are going to come. Just my word, protect your goal first and your goals will come. Trust me. Like, I think that is more, you know, be patient. You don't have to win the game in the first 10, 15 minutes. And I say that because if you look at the stats of the Bournemouth game, that first 15, 20 minutes, we did close to nothing, but we were one nil up because we've got that magic to make something. Now that might flip. We might have a game where a sterner defense 
doesn't allow us to just have that one. But maybe you tweak something tactically and it happens. I, I, I think there's a mentality shift. I, I see this team fight tooth and nail to defend. They used to be like pouring forwards to, to get in amongst the goals. I see them pouring back. Do you remember the watch long? There's a moment at 3-4 and up Turkish where yeah. it looked like Bournemouth had a break. But you yeah. just saw this stream of Arsenal players getting back. I mean, it was incredible. And, and we've seen elements of that across the season. I think they're really, really determined to just stop getting beaten. Because because if you have an off day like Fulham, like Tottenham, at least you come away with a point. At least you've increased your points tally. And I actually think across 38 games, that might translate. I, I, I see where you're coming from there. But I, I, I think we, you know, even last season, there was games like Leeds away when we didn't look fluently and we just defended a little bit and got the result. Fulham at home, I remember like, you know, we had to rely on set yeah. piece to get us there, like when we we targeted the, the near post all the time. It wasn't always as fluid as what people make it out. But we were talking about that yesterday, funny enough, you know, we went to Bournemouth last year. It was a fantastic performance, wasn't it? Like, you know, we've done that again at Bournemouth this time. But there are games where you have to dig in and, and, and get results. And like, I remember going to Leeds and we didn't really play well that day. The fluency weren't there. Jesus was up front that day, by the way, and it just didn't quite happen. It was a, a mistake by a Leeds player that let in Saka and he finished really, really well. And I think there had been games like that. I do think there is a little bit more emphasis on the defend because I think that we've, we've needed to do that. But if you have a look at last season, Newcastle away, great defensive performance. Um, you know, Tottenham away, great defensive performance. Um, they're, they're in there. They're in there last season. But there's, I, 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 I looked at that game yesterday and I, I felt we was in control from, from, you know, when they're having that bit, bit of possession, sort of like feeling each other out like boxers. But you know, eventually, that the, 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 the superior opponent's going to take over. So I felt that that was a really poignant thing. I honestly don't think that when you've got Eddie up front, you you, you are going to lose that little bit of fluidity because I, there was some really good things that he'd done yesterday, but sometimes it, it does bounce off him a few times. You know what I mean? So I do think that if you ping it into Jesus sometimes as a, as a midfield player, you know that it's going to come. I think there's a little bit of reluctance maybe to go for because you, is he going to, is he going to control? Is he not? I don't know. But, I, I felt yesterday um, it, we could have scored more goals if we wanted to, but chose to, to um, maybe, this is another thing, like, you know, um, reserve a little bit of our powers because we've got another big game Tuesday. So we're like rever- uh, keeping our powers a little bit reserved, you know what I mean? I don't know if it was... No, so- Lee, I think that's... Sorry, I, I know I've rambled about this a lot, guys, um, on just on this particular topic and point, but... I think that's the point. You mentioned uh, Newcastle and Leeds. I, the reason I don't think those are good examples is that's Arsenal being more defensive in terms of actually dropping into a shape, backs against the wall, kind of park the bus stuff, but still trying to offer something on the counter or whatever. When I'm saying a more conscious effort towards defending, I don't mean Arsenal dropping into shapes more. I mean, I think they're safer with their passing. I think Be more aware. Yeah, I think everything mm. is like, don't give that ball away if you don't need to. Like, I think it's more, you know what, Zinchenko? You don't have to invert quite as much in this moment. Or uh, Habits, you don't have to bomb forward beyond the striker. Or the full, the wingers, you don't have to run at the fullbacks every single time. I think there's a bigger focus on yeah. almost like more control of certain attacking movements and moments that mean that Arsenal are largely not giving the ball away because the more you give all ball away from, you know, attempting more risky stuff, the more you've then got to turn around and do the defensive stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I understand what you two are saying. I'm yet to, to agree 
Because That's again, fair. if I think of Declan Rice as well as a purchase, essentially it's pretty much a given that he's coming to, to replace Partey, whether it's this season or whether it's in the long run. Partey is a controller type of midfielder. Declan Rice is more of a destroyer. So if you if you couple up what Declan Rice is with what Havertz is, I don't know if the whole idea was to get more control. And you know what? You lot might be right. And I might agree in a couple of weeks. I'm just more reserved about it because it'd be it'd be a very bold move to go in this direction with such a young side, if that makes sense, a young side to, to control. And I think, I think you know, I think Tottenham and Fulham, there were definitely concerns in those ones, particularly it, in terms it, of control. It's um, not that young though, Turkish. Again, if you, when you really deep it, the side's not they, that young. You know, they're, they're, they're young in age. They are young in age in comparison to great clubs. If we're, talk, if we're talking about competing with, with City and if we're talking about competing in the Champions League, then we're looking at teams that have got experienced players, not only by age, but by level of competition they've been in for years. We've got a very young team and a very raw team. So to, to yeah, go into this group is to be a controller when it's not like we've spent, you know, 400, 500 mil on some experienced players coming in to, to guide this young team. It's a, it would be a big risk. Listen, Arteta's proven me wrong many times over the last two, mm. two years, four years. So I'm hoping I'm hoping this is another one and, and, and James and Lee are right. This was by design. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just mean, in terms of age, I think the average age, I'd love to know what it is. But I just think Zinchenko, Jesus, Jorginho, Partey, um, there's one more person. Uh, even Declan Rice, he's 26, 27? Ah, 24. 24. He's younger, younger than that. Okay, so I scrap him then. It's, it's, not, it's not like the team of... Don't even know the IG players now. Shut up. So, is I've it, got it here. But Bert Burnley, uh, the youngest of 23.6. That's the youngest 11 that's gone out. The second club to that is Arsenal with 24.3. That's a good 24.6. Tottenham, 24.7. But... Yeah, interesting. And, That's the starting elevens, and a lot of your exactly because a lot of the names you mentioned in terms of experience, then none of them are in the starting eleven. Apart from Zinchenko, Jorginho's not. Well, Part- if if Partey's fit, he would be. I don't Jesus, know. It- I don't know because Partey started the season right back. I don't know what was but going only, on. Only because Timber was injured. Okay, Timber was injured, but we don't know that if Timber was fit, Partey wouldn't be on the bench to back up Rice because Havertz is the eight and Rice is the six. Well, no, but your, your overall point, I guess, I, I stand corrected. I, I guess, I guess you're correct in that you're up against Manchester City, where they've got that mix of quality and been there, done it. They've got Warriors in there. They've got guys that have been to finals. They've got guys that have lost finals. They've, so yeah, I, I, I take your point. I take your point. Take your point. But listen. I think Lee mentioned it. We've got a big game Tuesday, but before that big game, I, I want to go back to the to the whole perfect weekend talk, or nearly a perfect weekend if you if you wanted that Tottenham win or a draw. I'm sorry, a Liverpool win or a draw. But Manchester City lost um, second game of, of the week. Obviously, having gotten knocked out the Carabao Cup by Newcastle, um, they lost at Wolves, and and Liverpool lost at Tottenham. We're very controversial, sir. And listen, I think last season when we mentioned some refereeing, you know, errors around Arsenal, you know, the debate was, you know, is it is it is it Arsenal based? Is it is no it, gender it, Arsenal? And All the referees say Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> man. So here we are, another one, and a statement, pretty much ten minutes after after the game finished. 
Although that feeds into the agenda thing a little bit, because I'm not sure we've had many statements, but anyway. But I'll tell you what, I do like, uh, and I've got a lot of admiration for Liverpool, with the statement they've come out and said they're not not accepting that apology. They've come out of a real strong statement today, um, you know, looking to explore ways they ain't going to get anything from it. But... um, I, I, I think that they're right. It's, it's, it's an apps. We had it, didn't we, with our game? You know what I mean? You cannot get that wrong, guys. I'm sorry. Why why have they got that wrong? Forgot to do the lines again. This VAR now is becoming a, it's becoming a joke. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. Why are VAR getting involved with with uh, um, penalty, uh, sending offs and all that? Because they're not factual. That's 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 an opinion. One one referee could say that's a sending off. Another referee could say that it's not. Uh, showing stills of when the actual con- you know contact of it is that ain't that ain't showing what's what a foul and what's not. You know what I mean? And as for the getting that wrong again, come on! You cannot you cannot be doing this. This this game is getting ruined by it now. Like that game yesterday, I didn't really I see bits of it at the beginning and all that. Like fascinating game. You know, totally ruined, totally ruined. And I'll tell you what, when it, when what, what, do you know what scares me more than anything is when they scored that goal, when Diaz scored that goal, I looked at it and I went, well, he, he looks onside there, but it can't be because you know it, it's fact, he's offside, it's fact. And now you're finding out that it's not scandalous. When they never show the lines, oh, that made me scandalous, scared. James. You know, you can laugh about it because it's not us or whatever. Or, or what it, we've been on the wrong end of it. But it's not, you know. No, I'll tell you who I laugh at, Lee. I'll tell you who I laugh at. Everyone who told us to stop moaning. Oh, well, it happens. Oh, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think... No, 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 no. Hang on, James. People were saying stop moaning about it being a gender against Arsenal. That's well, what Liverpool fans are saying the same about them. This is... This is why I thought the whole agenda talk from our fan base was nonsense. Well, it's it was not about nonsense. against anti Arsenal. It's it's just they're just shit. No, they, they are. They're they're really really bad. Um, the Liverpool statement that came out. Um, I don't I don't really know how I feel about it because it's good to see clubs a club stand up for themselves and say, hold on, this you know, basically this isn't all right. Um, but I've also got here just a little paragraph or a little quote from the from the mirror back in on the 9th of June this year, Premier League clubs have voted in favor of changes to next season's VAR system, but do not want to see the popular offside technology from the world cup introduced. Now, basically that all, you know, the automated offside that we saw in the champions league or whatever. So Premier League clubs voted against that. Now, that might mean Liverpool didn't, maybe they voted for it and they were outvoted. I don't know. But my point is, the standard of officiating is also somewhat supported by clubs who at the beginning of the season sign on to a load of rules and go, yeah, we're happy with that rule. Because as far as I'm aware, and you guys might know better than me, I think they're told these are the rule changes coming into place and they have to somewhat agree on them, I think. So I don't, so I don't sympathise with everything. You know, I think clubs have played their part in some things. But largely, it's not clubs' fault at all that the standard of officiating is... An absolute disgrace. I, I um, agree with you, James, but you cannot keep saying, I'm sorry, and oh, we're yeah, standing yeah. down this official and that official. There's somewhere along the line, enough is enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Only, how, how long ago was it? It's not even a year ago that we've, we're sorry, we're getting rid of Lee Mason because he's forgot to do the lines. It, 
Somebody else has done it again, James. You know, he's what I mean? back like, on advisory duties, apparently. You know what I mean? Like, and not only that, there's, there's another one in there, and he hasn't done it. You know what I mean? Like, and then uh, in the Everton game, they're taking five minutes to see if it's there's, it's offside or it's onside and all that. Like, and, and they're, they're making excuse. Oh, we needed to rush it on a little bit. It's just not acceptable to make mistakes like that at this this game. You know what I mean? Like, especially when they're fact when it's supposed to be fact. But you know, no, go on, go on, Turkey. Sorry. But you know, you know what the worst thing is, yeah. Because more often than not, when I discuss this thing, I just think to myself, you know what? Scrap VAR because at the end of the day, I can understand human error more than I can understand what the hell's going on. Yeah, I'm with that. Oh, but Lee. Sits better, doesn't it? I still wouldn't be happy with these. I don't even know the word to call them anymore. But these men that are refereeing these. No, games, they're getting it wrong. They're I, getting it wrong all the time. I'm essentially say. I'm essentially saying, you know, take the assistance away and just let them make the mistakes there. So how do we fix this? How how does it get sorted? Because just taking away. Let's, let's, let's be really mean. honest about it. Let's be really honest about it. If that was a normal game without VAR, the goals disallowed because the linesman called it. Right, okay, and that's been going on for thirty odd years. Like the yeah. reason that that was brought in was because of decisions like that being given as mistakes. I remember, you know, Thierry Henry scored uh, in, in the FA Cup final. Remember the handball, like you know, on the line. You know, what I mean, not given, not seen, and all that. Like you know, VAR was there; it would be seen. Listen, Arsenal Newcastle last season. If VAR weren't there, we'd have been one 0 down to an handball. It was never an handball. You know what I mean? Like yeah. th- there's there's times when it's when it when it's good and it's in there now, but when you've got it, use it properly. I'm not being horrible. I, I'll say it now. That the player gets booked yesterday. Well, it's never a book. It. We're not allowed to get involved with bookings. You get involved with everything else, but you're not allowed to get involved with a booking which is not a booking, which gets somebody sent off five minutes down the line. You know, I mean, you can't keep having one rule for one, one for three. That you're getting involved on one thing and then not on another. You know what I mean? It, but, but Lee, this this, this this goes to Turkish's point, though. This is a, I was never an advocate for VAR. Never wanted it. VAR is a symptom of. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It was. It's a symptom of a lack of maturity from fans, players, and the media. Decisions have been getting have been made wrong and incorrect since the, since the dawn of time. But because everybody didn't want to accept that referees and officials make mistakes, VAR was seen as the solution. All right, cool. We're not happy because you, you keep getting decisions wrong. Let's get technology because that will increase the chances of getting things right. Now we've got technology and people are realising it's the same idiots that were, that, were, that were officiating before are just now behind a screen. So for me, this is why I never wanted it. I never wanted it, one, because it takes the joy away from football and that sort of thing. But if we as football fans in particular just accepted that referees sometimes will get things wrong and it might go against your team. It might be you in a cup final and a referee makes a mistake that means you lose the final. That may happen because they're human beings. If we just accepted that, we wouldn't be here. But because we couldn't accept that, we now wanted VAR and now look where we are, where things are even worse. So for me, this is, this is partly on the fan base mm. and, on, and on the no, media. Sorry, I no, I, I disagree. disagree with that. I can't disagree. No, I, I, just, I do disagree because, because, because I, VAR is still largely getting more decisions right than wrong. The problem is that 
the really bad decision highlighted more because you had VAR. This is ridiculous. How on earth did you not get it? So all it's doing is highlighting how incompetent they are. But uh, we're trying to think of a goal that you mentioned the Kivior moment, right? How frustrated would we be? This is the Newcastle one, the handball, I think, that eventually they overturn it because VAR intervenes. Yeah, that did us that did us a solid, but it came to the right solution. So it's having its moments or it's having the right impact on games. Mm. The problem is these people have never played the game. So we can talk on VAR and the offside and all that. I mean, that was just like such a ridiculous error from, oh, we said check complete because we thought you gave the goal. No, it's just like, it's like something out of 40 towers. It's just like a comedy sketch, right? But then you get things like the Curtis Jones red card where I'm sorry, but you just must have a bunch of people in a room who've never actually played football. It's a red. It's you a think red it's a red? It's I don't a red. think it's a red. It's a red card. People keep saying to me, those that play, that play the game understand that when you try to control the ball, your foot rolls over it and that can happen. I accept that. People say it wasn't intentional. Maybe it wasn't. But the fact is, he almost broke the guy's leg. And if he broke the guy's leg, nobody will be saying, oh, yeah, but that happens when you roll the ball. It's a red card. Well, why didn't you send Eddie so... off the week before then? Pardon? Why didn't VAR send Eddie off the week before then? That doesn't mean that this isn't a red card. No, no that was bad. It... No, the, the, Eddie one, the Eddie one's a red because he's... It's, it's They're both reds. No, that, but I, I think Eddie's was more of a red because his intent... If you ever it's look way at more, that... Way more he, of a red. He, he's t- he goes in with his toe on the lower part of the ball. The, the, moment, the momentum of the ball takes the ball over. It's not him going over. I agree. I agree. I agree, Lee. I totally agree with you. But the, the, the fact remains, he could have broken somebody's leg. So we can't and, say because the intention wasn't to break his leg. No, oh, but it's I'm not okay. talking about intention. I'm talking about the fact he actually got his foot on the ball. But, but he almost could have. But he could have. He could have almost broken his leg as well. But, being, but okay, Jordan. Yeah, but if if I strike a ball as hard as I can and someone runs in the way of it, I can also break their leg. The point is, I was having a shot. Like so, what? Every action that could break a leg. It's a it's a, it's a physical game. It's football. Legs and boots are stuck into things. And in this situation, Kirsten, if it's a mistimed challenge and he's caught him late. I'm all for it. But it's not a missed time chance. He's actually got to the ball. The problem is the ball's slippery. He's got the top of it. He's trying to actually take control of it. He slipped over and then he's caught him. And I, I just think I just think that is so harsh. Like, and and it, it does look nasty. But nasty things happen in football. But, it's unlucky sometimes. But, but it's also, not, James, it's also... Go on, go on, go on. Don't you prefer football from 30 years ago, though? Or 25 years ago, let's say? Um, in what sense? In what sense? Like I, I I always say it, and people call me a dinosaur now. But I much prefer football when it was the um, you know mid nineties to to mid two thousands. There there was a bit more behind it, and part of part of why football changed so much is because things like this mean that players don't even want to go into a challenge. Yeah, because they might get. Yeah, away. I'm with you. So 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 Turk. Okay, so the reason why I disagree with that is because. If if this now if current football now makes footballers think, I might have to think twice about going for that ball or controlling the ball. If if football now makes me think like that and it saves a leg break, I'm for it. I'm for so it. So let me ask you: Did Declan Rice deserve it. a red? Did did De- Declan Rice deserve a red card against um, PSV the other night because he caught Luke De Jong on the follow through, passed the ball, and then he caught him right high on the ankle. Luke De Jong rolls, he goes over. Is that a red card? No. I don't remember it. I vaguely remember it. Um, 
a vague, I don't remember it enough I mean, to remember, say. Fair enough. But, but my, my point is, he's caught him really badly. I, I get your point, but, but, it's, but it's also possible to win the ball and foul the man. Just because he won the ball, just because That's he got true. to the ball first, that doesn't mean it's not a foul. Oh, that, wow. that is ball, true. It, it shouldn't be a foul. If you won the ball... No, because no, you, you can win the ball and still... No, Jordan, you, you, you touched on something interesting there. You know, like Xhaka got a red at Man City. He won the ball cleanly, but he went in two-footed and he dived and it was deemed reckless and dangerous and all that. So you, you are on something there. I, I also think there doesn't always have to be contact for there to be a foul. People might think I'm crazy, but if you win the ball and you have to hurdle over a massive challenge, you know. I agree, all, I agree. You know, that, for me, that's a foul as well, even okay. though there wasn't contact. But but what I'm saying is, this is where the new, the, the, the nuance and the understanding from referees who, listen, it's an easy thing to say. Referees have never played the game. They probably have all on a you know, 11 aside on a Sunday morning, whatever they have in somewhere. But what I'm saying is, I think there needs to be... For, Here's the first thing he got wrong. He sent over to the monitor, and what's the first thing he sees? A still, still, yeah, exactly that, James. Exactly. Planted in the leg. Show him at full speed the moment, and they can so, go. So do we know? Right, it, so, he was so, right, so, right, so, right so, and give a yellow card. So do we know if he then saw the actual full action after the still? Because he would have. Yeah, he did, yeah, but they. I mean, we don't know. We don't know, seen. but. They're That's straight in it. your head, then, isn't it? Yeah, they're planting. The first it. thing they showed you was the way the, the, the impact. It's wrong, wrong, Jordan. You've got to show it in, in real speed. I don't agree with all this um, slowing it up and all that. When you're in a game, you don't, you don't. It's not that slow motion. It's it's the way it is. Like you know, what I mean, I, I'm, I'm. And the other thing is about that. What I go on about is like you know, there we have. You've got James, who's a referee. You're a referee. One of you thinks it's a, a sending off. The other doesn't. And this is the problem you've got with VAR. Yeah, I, 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 I just think if, that, if, if that's if Basuma is Bukaya Saka, we're calling for a red card. We are. I'm not on that one. I'm oh, not on that oh one. here's no. a better one. Here's a better one. Saka on Bruno Fernandes. What about that? United fans are calling for a red. Do you remember that? Saka goes yeah. over the ball. Comes over. I remember that one. I remember he, that one. And he was James, pulled down by Dallow. If 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 he was sent off for that, I wouldn't complain. No. Honestly, no. honestly, no. honestly, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain. I do not believe you. Sorry. Honestly, I'm honestly. consistent with that one as I am with honestly, the Jones one. Neither are reds for me. And listen, I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying that uh, Eddie should have been... When I see that tackle... And now, Eddie Eddie, that, that's definitely... I, I looked that's at that and I said, well... How has he not got sent that's off? That's not, be, that's not being Arsenal bias or whatever. That was very, very fortunate. I yeah, think it was well, a red card. That's more of a red card than that one yesterday. I'm and this is what I mean about, about officials not understanding the game because they should look at that and go, Eddie has lunged in, scissored him, like both legs around the ankle. No and, and, and they should be, yeah, no control. Uh, and they should be looking at that and going, that is just a really reckless challenge. Reckless, reckless. yeah. But anyway, mm. anyway, we, 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 yeah. I, I think just kind of circle back, just in terms of officials. I think we all agree that the, the level of official officiating is, is is in the toilet. But for me, the reason why I just don't get involved and get emotional about bad decisions anymore is because one, I don't think we know what the rules are anymore. We often give our opinion as opposed to what the rules say. But more concerning is this: I don't think they know the rules anymore. Mm. I don't think the referees know what the rules are anymore. So we're all just guessing and we're all just arguing. We're all up in arms, but no one actually knows what the rules are. So how can you have a game of football if no one in the stadium really knows what the rules are? 
They don't know what decision their colleagues made on the pitch. Yes, I don't. I don't <laughs> get involved. Did you give it offside or on? Choice was it complete. Make... Carry on. Whose choice was it to do to 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 make it like this? Though they played a part in that. They wanted their assistance, and then the assistance come with drawing lines that involved millimeter decisions, and then they they decide to change some rules because that that whole who was it? Eddie and Ketia offside Martinelli goal. I find that this season he wasn't deli- it wasn't a deliberate action. So when it went to Enketia, it meant it's offside. But did Gabriel mean for it to go to Eddie Enketia? No, that wasn't a deliberate action either. So even the rules themselves. But I say again, I genuinely believe we've got to that point, Turkish, because we as fans, we as the media, football managers, football players have moaned and complained about everything for so long. The pressure then is on referees to scrutinise every little blade of grass. Every little line. So I think we've played a role. I think we've, we've played a role in where we are today. The officiating is awful. It's awful. It's, it's on the floor. But I think we've got to this point generally because of because of our inability to accept they may get some things wrong and oh, it may go against your club. I, I agree it. with that, but it cannot continue. The, the, this What's happened yesterday, uh, it, it cannot continue. This cannot continue to happen. Next week, another apology and in another week's time saying... Else, the offside was criminal. The offside goal was criminal. I'm with you on that. The red card, I disagree with you. The goal, the goal was criminal. The, the, the red Diaz card is debatable. Like, the red card's not a scandalous decision. I think I think they've got it wrong, and I don't think they understand the game. But I agree. The red card's not 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 a scandalous. You cannot be getting that wrong, James. But but, but the, the offsides are shot. Yeah, you I, can't get it wrong. I've um no, I'm not going to go into my whole pitch, but I've long said a challenge system fixes all these uh, fixes so many problems, and everyone goes load of rubbish. It's not tennis, mate. Uh, and I'm so convinced that so many of these issues don't happen if clubs are allowed to challenge decisions. Rather than VAR checking everything, let clubs challenge the decisions they want. And then when they, they get got it wrong, James, why couldn't they go back? Well, even if it's two minutes, three minutes on the game is, you know what I mean? Sorry, we're going back. It's a goal. I don't, I, I, you know, well, they're all in at half time, apparently. Klopp's turned around and said, We've, We know it, it was a mistake, and they're all letting it go. Why don't they just stop it? Just go, you know, it's ridiculous. I think the thing, with the, cool. the thing with the challenge thing, James, I, I'm with you, but I, the fear is that it would be used for tactical purposes. No, and my, my, my answer to that has always been that when clubs challenge, the club captain should have approach the referee or club captain or manager approach the referee or the fourth official and they explain to them exactly what they're challenging or what for so you can't just go penalty it's penalty foul number five on our number eight like doing american American football just pure clap because then you can't use it tactically because then you're in a situation where you can't make up a scenario you know there's got to be a this has happened this is what we're challenging so in that situation Liverpool purely go um, we want to challenge the offside call. We've looked at it again. Bam. And then you keep your challenge if you're right. And you, you lose one if you don't. And what then... if the game's... Sorry, to, I know we've got, to, we've got to move on. But what if it, the, the ball's still in play? The other team scores the other, at, the, at the other end? The, then, they, then, they, then they challenge and they can continue. Well, it, I mean, I don't know. You'd have to iron out. Maybe the <laughs> sorry, managers... I'm putting you on the No, pressure. no, but like, I mean, no. It, look, these are very fair rebuttals. And probably the comment section would say similar things. But I would think play's going on. The manager puts in the challenge to the fourth official. As that's happening, maybe something happens, the other team score. If it turns out that decision was wrong, goal disallowed, you go back to the 
to the moment they got wrong. That's that's what happens in, wasn't it a Man City-Tottenham game very recently where they played on for like two minutes before VAR went, actually, it's a penalty. And they went all the way back and had to play from that moment. So it's not unheard of that they, they kind of play on while VAR is checking things. But then it is still the same people. They're doing rugby. Even if there is a... It is still the same idiots. You're right. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> tear down the PGMOL, man. Honestly, I, I actually mean it. Genuinely, strip it down. Strap it. We, we do have to move on. Um, hope everyone appreciates why we did discuss. Yeah, bloody hell, man. Just wanging on for the last 25 you minutes. You were the one that continued about, I know we've got to move on, but what if you do this? Oh, not going to bed. Ball doesn't go out over the line. But got... Listen, let's move on. Uh, Lon's away. Um, let me bring up the prediction table. But before we do make predictions, I mean, what kind of lineup do we want to see? I assume Saka's out of it, by the nope. way, come the end of the game. You don't? Nope. You think I, want to wrap, I want to wrap up this group as soon as possible. Play your strongest team. Let's well, get the three points. He came off injured, bro. This is what I'm saying. He came off injured against. Bournemouth. Was it injured or was it was it precautionary? Nah, he was injured. It was injured. Oh, okay, okay. Enough, so I, enough for him. It was only a knockout. It was. It was. I thought it was a precautionary way. taking off. I don't off. know about that. I don't know. He did look in some James. I don't know what you think, but he did look. Yeah, he looked. Pain. He looked in real pain, but he did after Tottenham. I mean, quite frankly. You know, the guy could have, could, you know, could have nothing but an arm and Arteta would be like, listen, do us a solid, you know. I would, it, with this one, it's a unique situation. We only got Sunday, Monday, and then it's another match. He hasn't got three days or four days in between. This is if, it, if, if he's injured, then no. But I thought he came off as a precaution. If, it, if it's a precautionary substitution, I'm playing him. I'm playing Again, him. I'll say, we should beat Lons without Saka. I'm resting him for this game, guys. We should beat Lons without Saka. Mm, I'm resting him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, James, would you would you be playing him? Nope. Uh, no, but but I'm more like I'm more forgiving of it than Bournemouth. We had a good like you know nice debate about it for the Bournemouth game, um, and I was just like, please don't. We really should have enough. Um, Champions League. I understand that there's a shorter window. You know, you get this wrong, and suddenly there's more pressure on the two severe games, and you got a trip to PSV. So I, I understand a lot more. Like if Arteta feels he can play and plays him. I'm all right with it. Yeah. I, I, but but I'd rather, I, I, guys, I, come on. We're in this game where we have to play Bakaya Saka all the time. I mean, yeah. we, can, we, we can't, like, we cannot operate like that as a club. We will not win the league if we operate like that as a club because we saw it last season, even without a Champions League run and getting knocked out of all the cup competitions early. Saka looked exhausted at the end. He was poor the last month or two. We're, we're, we're the best team in this group for me by a small distance. We can win this game in the first four matches and then you rest Saka for the last two. Listen, we should beat Lonzo away without. If we're the strongest should, team... We should, we should, we should, we should, we should. We should rest him. Yeah, uh, oh, I agree. But when, if we nail this one, Penarth put us in a good, good, good position. Actually, I've changed my mind. Yes, I do play him. Um, because of the getting it done, because you've still got severe home, severe away, PSV away, so three tricky ones. But also yeah, it's a Tuesday game, and we play uh, Man City on the Sunday. So really, this isn't Wednesday, Saturday. You know, where you, that's two get that's two two days lost. Um, so we should he should be that's if he's fit to play. But like that's that can only be answered by him and the and the medical team. Like if he came off and it's like, listen, he can't play, he's injured, then fine. But what annoys me is Mikel Arteta saying, "Oh, he hasn't trained all week." You know, uh, we'll see. You know, he's not been involved in training. Uh, Starts against Bournemouth with 3-0 up. 
isn't one of the first to come off. Yeah, when that was a poor off, decision. Brian, when he's been, when he's been, yeah, that again. was weird. That was weird. Was poor, yeah, that was. And, and then people go, "You, you don't have Arteta's information." Well, I do. I also know when we were three 0 up in the game, <laughs> and I also think he could have played less football. So I have all the information I need. The game was won by fifty-five minutes. Get him off the pitch. I don't yeah. need a doctor who's had eight years of training, you know, at some fancy yeah. school to tell me. Yeah, totally three nil. You know, is the game one at three nil? Yes, it's one. Get him off the pitch. Mm. Like, what? I agree. I agree. And, 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 there's, and there's a dual benefit as well. One, you get him off to get him rested, but you also end up you can give some other fringe players some minutes. Well, well I mean? he, he brought on Nelson and uh, um, Tommy Esso, and when I, I was sitting there and going, "Well, that's 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 Saka and uh, Shinchenko off." As simple as that. Couldn't believe it when he didn't do it. Couldn't believe it. That was poor. That was poor. Poor. But anyway, we can't have a guy at Mikil. No, but it's the only thing he got wrong. It was otherwise a perfect day. I'll give him that. <laughs> He's but... an arsehole. He's such an arsehole. He's not wrong. I mean, the brigade will be out in full force, mate. The little thing you might say. Um, <laughs> but I think we agree that regardless of a rotated squad or not, we should be beating Lons away. I mean, I spoke to Simon, the Lons fan. Um, that box to box will come out later today, people. And they've lost their, their top goal scorer from last season. They've lost their, Seko Fafana. Um, he went to Saudi Arabia. So, it's, And they haven't started this. I say they haven't started the season well. They, they, they lost their first... They lost four out of their first five. Um, but since drawing was severe, they've won their last two. And their new striker actually scored his first goal of the season um, last game. So they, they might be up for it, but we should get the job done. Um Predictions because I see Lee yawning and it's past midnight. No, no, I've got to have some out with me. Like, I've had a, I had a heavy weekend. Yeah, were well, you up early watching the Ryder Cup? All that corporate. No, do you know what? Disappointed, I haven't really been out and watched much of Ryder Cup because I've oh. been like away for the weekend in Bournemouth. But um, yeah, I'm, I was a little bit disappointed, but I had a late, I had a late night Saturday, and uh, I got up eight o'clock in the morning thinking that it was a podcast. <laughs> no way you're like no, no I didn't I just wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning thinking of Turkish these days like is he going to be <laughs> <or not?" laughs> Listen, don't, yeah. don't think about me at 8 in the morning <laughs> just by the way you like just to let everybody know they, they, these these three here like, I've got new nicknames from all like you know but then they work and oh, we've only got a minute before we get it done. Like, you know I mean? got me. They're trying to get me done. I know, like, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Like Turkish in his little crew, I'm calling them now. Like, you know what I mean? Have you paid me yet for last year? No, as you well know, Shameless, you are having to wait like until 10 shows properly. Not 10 shows. Guys, like, stick your 10 shows where the sun don't shine, mate. Five shows. <laughs> And, and this, oh, is, this is the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think I'll be correct in saying this is the fourth. So Thursday, lads, get the banking apps ready and then send me send me the money I, I deserve for last season. But listen, I, uh, <laughs> I should I should have said five eight a.m.s in a row, but yeah, no, I, I never did. did. <laughs> <laughs> I played myself there. I, no, I just want to say that uh, I went to the game against Brentford, and some fella came to me and. Uh, Give him a week. Give him a week. I loved it. Like, you know. Give him a week. You know what I mean? I, I said, you know, you know. Like, you know. Well, they really deep down, they know like, that you the are going to miss. The next podcast is 8 a.m. on Wednesday. That's the next recording time, 8 a.m. Wednesday. So is it now? I'll be there. No, I won't be. No? You can't do that to me. Why? 
Well, I'm in France. Well, I saw you saw you out then, didn't it? We were, we're getting just... back to about five o'clock in the morning. So can we make it a six o'clock in the morning? One day, gotta go to sleep. <laughs> No, it's eight o'clock, man. You got, you got. Yeah, look at, oh, yeah, I'm no sleep, and you got to make me wake up. Like, you know what I mean? I'll do it. I, even if I've got one and a half hours sleep, I will do it. Don't worry. All right, famous last word, people. There's been ten games played, ten predictions made. I'm still top eight points <coughs> after a three point deduction. Jordan's in second with eight points. James is in third, <coughs> but he's tied with Lee, who also has seven with zero correct scores so far. Lon's away. Champions League, I'm up again. And it's 3 1. Might as well call you shameless 3 1. 3 1. Jordan. I've got a feeling it might be a draw. Um... 3 0. 3 0. Sorry, I changed my mind. Ooh. Ooh. Confident. Uh, I'm gonna go one all. Go okay. one all. Thank you. You're gonna give me the lead, um, James. <laughs> Two nil. Two oh, all. Mr. Lee judges take That's the famous one. Do I go? Two one. Two one. Cool. So we've all gone something different. Three of us have gone for an Arsenal win. I've gone 3-0. Lee's gone 2-1. James has gone 2-0. And Jordan has gone for 1-1. One, one. Who then was I... the closest for Bournemouth? Where was 4-0? I think I went 2-0. I went 1-0. You both went 2-0, didn't you? I went 2-1. 2-1. Yeah. Wow. I predicted 3-1. I can't remember where everyone else Well, me and Jordan should get something for a clean sheet then. We should. We should. We should, yeah. really. I'm still trying. Um, <laughs> half of it, right? <laughs> Let's oh, shake on it, children. Let's shake on it. Half a point each. There you go. And last but not least, people, comments of the day. Everyone ready? Yep. Yes, oh, nice, nice, what, nice. What a crap this week, Jordan. They're, they're, they're all right. That was okay. I'll, I'll kick off because I found the best of, of the bunch. Um, uh, and it, it, it resonated with me because I like this guy as well. It's from uh, Ahmed Noor. Apologies if I got your name wrong there. He says, I have a crazy theory that Tomiyasu is the best defender at the club. He always impresses apart from a few times, which all players have as well. We are lucky to have him. And the reason why I wanted to flag that one is I don't think he's the best friend at the club. So I think, <laughs> I think that was that's, that's a slight stretch. But I do like how consistent Tomiyasu is. And I was thinking the other day, apart from Man City last season at home, I can't think of any kind of howlers he's had since he's been at Arsenal. There's been a couple of games where he's not been to, to his best, but he's generally a consistent 7 out of 10. And I just, there's another comment later on that talks about him maybe playing against City because of his defensive abilities, aerial threat. Again, I don't know if I'd put him in the starting eleven. But I, I, I too, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tomiyasu. And I think he's one of the perfect squad players. I think he's one of the yeah. perfect squad yeah, players. You know when he comes in, he'll do a job. But he may be... Yeah, yeah. If I see Tommy starting, hmm. I, don't, I don't bat an eyelid. I don't mind. You're not scared. You're not worried, are you? Yeah, I like him. So I, I, that, that comment resonated with me. So that was my comment of the week. Also, can I just big up um, a fan of the show, Rodney P., 
big time UK um, hip hop artist as he watches the show. Um, yeah. He's a big Arsenal fan and he, um, he enjoys the show. So I want to give him a shout out, Rodney P. Come on. <clears throat> Let me go next. I got one from Sevo and it says Lee and James bickering about getting a point and then Turkish <laughs> commenting that this is an argument between granddad and grandson. <laughs> I'm dying. This is the best Arsenal show ever. Love from the Arctic. Lee, you're laughing. You, you read that one yourself, yeah? I, I had that one, but I've got myself a, a, a backup just in case. So, uh, yeah, so I, I did see that one. I thought it was very good. Yeah, come on. Come on. Who's up next? Grandson or granddad? Jeez. No. <laughs> I'll, go, so I'll go then, like, you know. Yeah, granddad. It's football, not soccer. Lee putting in overtime hours for that Christmas dinner invite from the Rams down. <laughs> I'm rooting for your Lord Voldemort. Like, you know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> Why not? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, mine was from uh, High Tech J, who says, I'm just here to see Lee praise Arteta's tactical genius because the fine margins went totally in our favour this week. And I like it because... Because... It's very true of Arsenal, isn't it? Like the fine, the fine margins have been swaying kind of the way a game is viewed. Like take Fulham for example. A lot yeah. of frustration after that game. You defend that one corner better than you did. Yeah, and that's a great turnaround. Tottenham, you know, Georgia doesn't make that mistake. As Sonny was saying, with all these injuries, we still found a way to beat Tottenham. Now, I know there's more to that because you look at performance and what you deserve and all that, but. It's just you know you don't if you don't win that that game at Palace away is it a great away performance or is it is yeah, it it's a great point. you know actually you didn't create enough chances and I, I'm just it, it's food for thought is all I thought it was just a, a comment that got me thinking a lot about I, I, I think it's a great margins of football it's a great point and you just think like the Man United game even worse you know what I mean like great a millimeter chance. and that could have you know look at the ecstasy from that game and joy we had from that it, but you know. Five minutes before that, I'm on my knees going, you know, this is this is disastrous, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a it's a very very good uh, good good um, thing that really. Just it's just worth keeping. I think I think our analysis and thoughts are always very fair to the performance <laughs> and all that. I just well, think my, my it's, uh, uh, I was actually also, polite, including you. But um, be, be really honest, if we'd have lost to Wolves like like City did, we'd be going mad, mad. Yeah. We'd be going absolutely mad. That is a great result, you know. Not not just the the it's it's a great week for Arsenal to mm. get the Carabao Cup through comfortably, four 0 winning the Premier League comfortable, two clean sheets, where Man City have gone out of a competition that now gives us it gives us more hope of winning it. But also to lose in the Premier League, they've lost the game before us, even though okay, they've got a point more. But just the fact that they've been a little bruised this week. They rotated as did Newcastle. They didn't have more than Newcastle's second string team either. Then they they go back to full strength to get strength against Wolves. They went out the cut for nothing because ultimately they weren't fresh enough to beat Wolves. Or, or well, the freshness didn't help, and they still lost that game. That's um, that's a big week for Arsenal. Yeah, good week. It was a big week, great week. Um, but we need a greater week and a bigger week this week coming up. Yeah, bigger week. Away and then Man City Sunday. International break after that. We're one point behind them and we won our first game in the Champions League. So we'll see if we can do bigger and better this week, people. Leave us your predictions below, comment section. Has the likes hit a thousand yet? I haven't asked yet. Hopefully it has. If not, make sure you hit the like button, people, on the way out. 
show some love to the video make sure you subscribe put the notification bell on and like i said we'll be recording next wednesday morning it'll be out wednesday at some point so hopefully you enjoy but make sure you show some love to this video and leave your comments for comments of the day on wednesday and we hope we get the win tomorrow night and then it's the big one manchester city at the emirates sunday <coughs> people love for the love sports social podcast network